Psalm 73 starts with a declaration. And we've been singing praises and declarations. And they're really statements that we believe about God. We may not actually always feel it or think we're experiencing it. It may not even seem as if it's true inside, but we know it's true about our God. And so the psalmist started with this, truly God is good to Israel. God is good to those whose hearts are pure. So is God good? You know, I want to tell you a funny story. I've only ever spoken on this psalm twice. Once was many years ago in the Netherlands, in a place called Rotterdam. You've been there? Rotterdam. And another place called Skydam. So it was in uh, twice, a repeat. And we had travelled about two hours from the other side of Holland. That's how big it is right to Rotterdam and the night before we had to park this brand new car that belonged to a colleague. She was driving and her husband had allowed her to drive the new car. But you see, parking in Rotterdam is very, very difficult and the old houses don't have garages. So you've got to find a place on the street, which we did, but there wasn't a lot of room. So she was parking. I got out of the car and said, yes, yes, you know this. So we finally parked the car. Went inside for the night and caught up with some friends and I was down to speak the next day at these two churches. Well, all good. We get up the next morning, we come down and we looked for the car. And we look for the car. And we look for the car. And you know what? The car is not there. And I'm going to speak on truly God is good. Is God good if your car is stolen? (laughs) So my friend, my colleague and her friends that we were staying with, they decided they would have to report it to the police and they got someone from the church to pick me up. So I'm in this first church, huge church, lots of people lots of great Dutch people praising God. And so I I get up there and say, is God good? They say, yes. Is God always good? Yes. Is God good if your car is stolen? (laughs) Absolute silence. (laughs) Is God good? See, the psalmist is here is saying, look at the words are quite interesting. Surely God is good to Israel to those who put their trust in him. He didn't say at this stage in the psalm, God is good to me. He knew about the goodness of God. He knew that God is good and God never lets us down. God is good. Asaph, the psalmist who wrote this, is going to take us on a journey of being able to express very honestly the times when we ask, why? Why me? Why them? Why? Because Asaph's story is in the very next verse. He says, but as for me, I almost lost my footing. I didn't realize. 
I did. <laughs> My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. And this is Asif's story. It's not mine, sorry. I didn't even realise that was. <laughs> you want to know what happened, don't you? Okay, this is, this is extra time. <laughs> I was having a great time and we had decided we'd go for a barbecue, have a look at Green's Beach. It was a really nice day last Saturday. And then we were going to go down and walk the long walk of Green's Beach. Some people were swimming, but it wasn't quite that hot. And we found this path, and I saw a boat out there, and I'm looking at the boat. <laughs> I'm looking at the boat. <laughs> and then I'm on the ground. <laughs> I slipped. And I was almost gone. And I was in agony. And I broke my ankle, both sides, and dislocated it. And so I'm lying in there, a crumbling mess. <laughs> And uh, I knew it was broken straight away. But God is good. I live in a wonderful country where we have an ambulance, paramedics, who had to call two strong men up from the beach. <laughs> because God is good. God is good. <laughs> a bit young, Amanda. <laughs> Dorothy. Okay, so, um, because they couldn't get the, what do you call it, the stretcher out of the sand and they couldn't lift me. But one of these, they both had dogs, these strong men, and one of them was um, off the lead. He'd been in the water, he was a puppy, and he was about this big, and he saw me and he jumped all over me. <laughs> he loved me nearly to death. It was agony. Anyhow, we got in there, and uh, so I spent a couple of nights had some surgery, and for six weeks, I'll be in wheels. <laughs> but it's okay, God is good. Because, you know, I'll just do a side story. The other day I was sitting in my room, and I'm thinking, why me? Why is it that I've been able to live in a privileged country? Because only about 2% of people in the world, if that, would have had the service that I had on Saturday night. I think I was at the emergency at 4 o'clock, I was out of surgery at 11 o'clock that night, had a lot of people looking after me. You just name them, specialists, all of the kind of thing. Why me, Lord? I am privileged. I don't think we hear that why story very often, do we? But today I had to Google some facts about poverty and stuff like that because it really did um, amaze me that I lived in such a country and was grateful to God. Anyhow, is God good? Is God good? So Asif's story was his foot was slipping. This is metaphorically. I'm sure he didn't break his ankle. <laughs> and he decided that he was having a growl, a moan, a whinge with God, and God didn't mind. Because Asaph had just got a little bit screwed up about what he was seeing. He looked, and he saw, quite honestly, prosperity for the... He saw riches for the people who were wicked. He saw painless, easygoing, problem-free lives for people who didn't even know God. In fact, they were so arrogant, they were so much in your face that they said there was no God. And he looked and he said, how come 
they are like that. Let's read it. I envied the proud. When I saw them prosper despite their wickedness, they seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. You seen those kind of people? And it seems as though they have everything. Yeah, seen that, been there. These fat cats. You can say that to God. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens and their words strut through the earth. And so people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. Asaph's story. They say, what does God know? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people, enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. So Asaph was a bit like you and me, eh? Where are you, God? Why? You probably face some of the hardest times that Australians have ever faced. When your leaders and elders will say there is no God. There is no truth. Why bother? And here and your family... And as you come with your connect groups and in Undone, there'll be people around you that say, go for God. <laughs> Keep your eyes on him. And you'll think, is it worth it? Because that's what Asaph said in the next part. He said, uh, look, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day. That happened to you? Every morning brings me pain. If I had really spoken to others this way, I would have been a traitor to your people, God. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. What a difficult task it is. One thing I like about Asaph is he didn't blurt this out everywhere. It seems he was just having a go with God, a whinge and a complain and a moan and a why and these fat cats and he's having it out with God and he's wondering, has it been worth me living like this? Is it worth it? I know that if I speak this out, I may not be very helpful for people around me. So I'll keep quiet. But I still wonder what's happening. I like him for that, though, that he didn't do that. It's pretty good, eh? You know, I've had some moments in my life on my stories, and I've thought, God, you're asking me to give my life totally to you. I'd already been as a full-time missionary for about four or five years, and I hadn't yet really learnt that God was good to me. I knew theologically, I could write you a paper, that God's good, God is kind, God is patient, God is everything, there's no evil in him, he's good. And I used to look at people and think, yeah, God's good to that person. 
And if I want a prayer answered, I'll ask that person to pray. Because God hears their, their prayers. doesn't seem to hear mine. And God, how can it be that you are asking me to live my life fully committed to you? I may never get married. I may never have children. I may never have a house. I may never have any money. Car. Won't travel. God, I don't know. Is that called good? Is that called good? I think I started this story with God in about January. And you know, by December that year, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God was good for Sandy. And you know, I've never doubted it since then. I dared to ask the question. I dared to journey it with God. I dared to go there. Is God good? And when I looked at all the others, and you know, God has been and is amazingly good to me. Does that mean I get everything I want? No. Because everything I want is not good for me. <laughs> but God's way has been the best. And it's been a good life. Hard, tough, but a good life. Because God has been in my life. And he has been there and he's never, ever, ever going to let me down. So yes, there are times when that happens. And so what did Asif do? Asif, he actually, looks like we've lost the thing there, uh, he actually went into the presence of God. We've lost it? Okay. And this is what happens. When you come into the presence of God, you see things differently. Now, I had up there very artistically drawn something like that. What is it? A square. When you look at a square, it's just pretty flat, isn't it? Just flat. But if I put the square on an angle, I might discover that it's not a square, but it's a cube. There's more to it then it looks. So, okay, I've got the square. I put it on anything. Oh, it's a cube. But you know, if I only ever look at it on a drawing, how many sides can I see of a cube? If I look at it on a drawing. How many advances? Three? You can only ever see three. But how many sides does a cube have? Any advance on six? <laughs> I actually got a cube and counted. <laughs> and thought, how dumb, a dice only has six. <laughs> okay. But I just needed to get my facts right for tonight. Okay. So you've got the square, and that's all you see. But there's more to it. It's a cube. But if you could see that in real life, there's even more. It's a box, it's a cube, it's got six sides, it's under and it's neath and it goes round. And the trouble with us is that we ever, only ever have a limited perspective. And it's usually a me perspective. Is God good to me? I see all this. God, are you good? And so 
The psalmist then says, I'll have to read it to you because we haven't really got it on the screen, but you've got Bibles if you want to follow it. You read it when you get home tonight. The psalmist Asaph says, Then I went into the sanctuary, O God. Then I went into the sanctuary. And I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. What a revelation. I was reading a little bit more about the Psalms this week and one of the writers said the Psalms are like a virtual sanctuary or temple. We don't need to go to a temple or a tabernacle anymore but we come into the presence of God and the Psalms take us right to where God is because where God is is the sanctuary. So the Asaph said, I went into the sanctuary, O God. I went there and I saw the destiny. And this is what he writes. You're the one that put them on the slippery path and sent them sliding off to the cliff of destruction. That's a metaphor. <laughs> In an instant, they're destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Unfortunately, there is a destiny for those that do not follow Jesus. And it is a revelation we need to have so that it keeps us centred about God, his path, his way, the tree that was listed there in Psalm 1, a tree planted in the river of God, the tree of life. That's what we are called to, that path, that way. But there is a future and there is a destiny and the Bible actually calls it hell, separation from God. Sorry, it's not me, it's God speaking his word. And that's the reality that Asaph said, saw, when he went, he just didn't see the wonder and the beauty. He saw grace. He saw mercy. He saw justice. He saw that those that flaunt God, scorn God, and don't accept the grace and mercy are on a slippery path. So then Asaph was able to say, I realised that my heart was bitter Confession. The Psalms always take us to a confession time. And I was torn up inside. I was foolish and I was ignorant. I must have seemed like the senseless animal to you. There's his confession. Don't you love it? I just love it. But he didn't stay there. He didn't mope around and groan and have self-pity. He was genuine. There's remorse. There's repentance. There's a reality check. God... I just lost sight of you. How stupid of me to lose sight of you. I need you. And I love this next bit. See, it starts with yet, yet. Even though I saw myself as a senseless animal, yet I still belong to you. Amen? Still belong to you. Great. You hold my hand even when I ask the why questions. Even when I doubt. Even when I wonder what if. You hold my hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me into a glorious destiny. And that's the future for the followers of our God. 
glorious future that starts right now because it starts right inside. I want to go back to the square and the cube. On paper, it's still flat, isn't it? But if I really got a cube, I could find that there's stuff in it. There's depth and there's things that we can never know. And that's what we are, fully dimensional. Not only three-dimensional, four-dimensional if you like, because it's the spiritual side. <laughs> and uh, we can defy the force of science and maths because we are more than a three-dimensional. There's more to us than what the world would like to describe. We are gods. We're not squares or cubes. There's more. There's more. So whom have I got in heaven? No one but you, God. No one you. You're it. You're the one. And I desire you on earth. Lord, the truth is, and this would have been tonight's sermon if I had been here last week, <laughs> I long for you all the time. But sometimes I forget to long for you because other stuff gets in the way. <laughs> the whys. The comparisons. The times when I'm senseless and feel like I just did a dumb thing but you guide me, you hold my hand, and I desire you when, the, when it comes to the rock bottom. There's no one more than you. You're the one I want. My health may fail, my ankle may be broken, my spirit may grow weak. weak. <laughs> I think it's still strong. But God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. That's his testimony. So he does his confession. Then he does his testimony. Don't you love his testimony? And that's the invitation we have from the Psalms. Tell God your stuff. Come to God. See God. Confess the stupidity of us all. We're all like it. It's not just you, it's me. It's every one of us. We get it wrong. Confess it. But then give the testimony, give the testimony, give the story about grace and love and mercy and acceptance and forgiveness. What a beautiful story. And so then he just, the psalmist just gives a little speech, if you like, a little homily, a little truth, a little sermon to finish. He says in verse 27, those who desert him will perish. For you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you will do. We've said over and over again, any experience with God means that it bubbles up inside and we must tell others. And that's the missional part of the Psalms. So, is God good? Is God ever going to let you down? Will it look like he does? And was my car stolen? No. Do you know what happened? We left the window open because it was a fancy new car and it was the first one that had those, you know, magic windows. They all have it now. And the police came and took it away for safe custody so no one would steal it. So we had to pay to get it out of lockup. Thank you.